All right, it's episode 14 of the Catfish and Ice podcast. We are brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. The Super Bowl is coming up for all the big sports fans, NFL fans out there. And we've got an awesome deal for all those sports fans out there that are getting ready for the Super Bowl. Go download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use promo code THPN to enter the free $55 million Super Bowl prediction challenge. Everyone gets an instant prize up to $25,000 just for playing. Use promo code THPN now and enter the free $55 million Super Bowl challenge only at DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of Super Bowl 55. Terms, conditions, and eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. So, yeah, we uh, talked in the last episode about the Super Bowl. Uh, I'm not betting against Tom Brady, but uh, Colin and Rich, our co-host, think that the Buccaneers are going to uh, lose to the Kansas City Chiefs. So, uh, we still got a couple, little over a week away from the Super Bowl. But, of course, go to, go to DraftKings and get that app downloaded and get entered in for some awesome winnings and use the promo code THPN. You'll have a lot of fun, and we certainly appreciate DraftKings. You can also get in on the hockey action as well if you like to bet on NHL hockey. So, uh, Colin and Rich, you guys ready to go for episode 14, coming off a couple wins? Absolutely. Feels a lot better, doesn't it, like uh, doing these episodes when we win? Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) They they weren't pretty, but we'll take it. Hey, I'm only looking at the standings, and the standings going into (laughs) tonight anyway. Obviously, things have happened, but – for at least 24 hours, the Predators were the first place team in the Central Division. So I'm going to take that and run. They absolutely so. were. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so episode 14, start off, we are going to talk about how the Predators won two games, got four points out of a possible four points against those uh, Chicago Blackhawks that we all love to beat. We love having a success against them. So I don't care how depleted their roster was or how bad they might be. It's still nice to beat them all the same. So we got four out of four possible points. So we are going to react to both games, two very different games, I felt like. One game went in a certain type of way. The other game was more of a defensive battle. So we're going to talk about both of those. Of course, we got the Tampa Bay Lightning. We're kind of going from one end of the spectrum of to the other here when it comes to competition. But now we got to get ready, buckle in for the Stanley Cup champions, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They're coming up uh, this uh, they're coming up uh, this weekend, starting on Saturday. So we got to get ready for them. That's going to be a really tough challenge. Don't even need to – that just goes without saying. So we got to get ready for them. We're going to talk about uh, Matt Duchesne because he is a very – he's just a very – he sparks a lot of debate among the fan base. Matt Duchesne does. A lot of of ways uh, he does that. So we're going to get into that. We're going to talk about how we all think he's playing for the team right now. Uh, We're going to get different opinions on that because he affects the game in so many different ways. That and a lot of fans have a lot of strong opinions on him, uh, both positive and negative. So we're going to talk about that, put our thoughts into that discussion, and then we're going to end it like we always do. We like to end every episode with having a little fun and kind of joking around. And uh, so we're going to talk about some NHL mascots here because there are some good, bad, and ugly when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a little, there's a little yes. bit in all three category, all three categories. So we're gonna we're gonna have some fun there. Uh, we've been seeing on Twitter uh, the mascot wars. Every mascot's got their own Twitter account, or at least most of them do, I think. So we're, that's kind of what sparked the idea of that topic. So we're going to 
get into that to wrap up episode 14. So let's go ahead and talk about the Preds and how they just got two big wins. They're four and three on the season. Just beat the Blackhawks. Wasn't necessarily pretty, like Colin said. So, Colin, how about you, you go ahead and talk about the uh, the first game of the of the uh, back to back when the uh, the Preds got the first win in the series? Yeah, I mean, we, we got the dub, and, and that's you know awesome. But it was just like there were so many things that happened that had me concerned, especially when we started out and we we're giving up penalties. And I'm like, all right, this can't happen again. This and then we know you know with the at least the stats at the time. The Blackhawks penalty, you know, the, the power play was one of the most potent in the NHL. So I was like, you've got to be kidding me. We're setting them up. Um, and, you know, they had some they had some bounces go their way, but we, we played better. If, I will say the last two games, but even it was evident in the first game, we, we've improved on that penalty kill in terms of clogging the net, um, you know, not giving them easy shots, not giving them, you know, free looks. Uh, that helped us out. But still, you'd like to see a little more consistency and some less boneheaded plays. Um, but, you know, Pekka looked like vintage, vintage Pekka. I mean, he made that save over his arm and, and with the uh, with the stick crazy. hand. And, I mean, to stop the puck with the stick hand is just crazy And because he didn't have a stick. That was a whole other part of that that we, we don't even think about because it was just like, how did he stop that puck? Um, he, just, but, he just like swatted it out of the air. Like he oh, yeah. swatted it like a, like a mm-hmm. hand pass almost. Yep. And it was so fast that by the time they, you know, they, they show him, he's popping the puck out of his glove hand. I'm like, how did it get there? And they show him in slow motion. And it's like he swatted it with the stick hand. And then picked it up with the glove hand. Like that is just it was good to see vintage Pekka. I, I want to see more of that this season. He may not get as many looks as Saros does, but when he does get looks, that's the what you love to see, especially from you know your, your future Hall of Fame goaltender. So I was very happy for him uh, to see him get back in the win column for the first time since I think February 16th, I heard if I heard correctly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, yeah. it's you know, it's just good to see him win and, and it's good to see the guys playing better in front of him. You didn't last year that was a big thing about Pekka is that his numbers are bad, but it's because a lot of times he was getting these odd man rushes and ha- facing these impossible situations. The defense simply played better in front of him. They, they showed up for him, and they and they should. I mean, that's that's the guy. If there's a team captain outside of Yossi that maybe doesn't have a letter on his chest, it's Pekka, and, and he deserves it. So I was happy to see him get the dub. How about you, Rich? <clears throat> yeah, so it was it was good to see him win. Obviously. I'm a huge Pecorino fan, so any anytime they play well for him and get him the win, I'm really happy about it. Um, same thing Colin said, you know, just basically every time there's a power play for the other team, I just my stomach knots up and I'm just like yeah. I'm like, here it comes, you know, you know what's you know what's coming, but they they did play better and uh, we did have one a uh, first of the season. Yakov Trenin scored his first of the season, which was awesome. I think he they started. Yeah, I think they open. started. His line started. They were like the starters, I believe. Uh, him and Richardson and um, was it uh, Olivier Matthew Olivier? Olivier, yeah. Who is another guy I really like a lot. Um, they started, and you know, Yakov Trenin got his first, and then another. You know, the captain finally got his first of the season, mm-hmm. even though it was in the oh my gosh the overtime that goal. Yeah, that goal that was, was just yeah goal of the year as, so far. Yeah. Like everybody says on on uh, Twitter, it was filthy. That's what they. <laughs> yeah, <also> right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. It was really good. I was glad to see him um, score finally. And then, like, I've just been waiting for him to like bust out of whatever's going on. I know they've changed, uh, you know, their their style of play a little bit to where he's not. I don't want to say needed, but like he doesn't have to carry the team as much, but. I think he might need to go back to carrying the team a little bit and just, I'm waiting for him to just bust out and have like do some Yelsey stuff. 
So yeah. just I'm glad that, they got the win. I will say on the opposite yeah. end, it was interesting to see, you know, Yossi, our, our star finally gets one, but then you got Patrick Kane who was held without a shot on goal for that was wild. That's one of those wild stats. Yeah. I remember seeing that when I went back and looked at the uh, box score, the fact that, that that that's kind of a testament though to the the Preds do have some things working for them five on five defensively they do yeah, they're they're they they're tying up players they're making it hard to find shooting lanes and that's that's a perfect example right there Patrick Kane was not able to get a shot on goal in that first game which was a roller coaster I mean even though the score was uh, lower and it wasn't like you know like a crazy game or anything like that as far as uh, scoring I mean. Let's just talk about it right, real quick. Let's get into these numbers. So, yeah, it, I mean, it felt like a must win for me. I know it felt like a must win for you. And I know that's Absolutely. getting a little over, I know that's getting a little over dramatic. But when you have a 56-game schedule and you're going against nothing but division teams, it just hits different. When you're playing an 82-game season and you get that random game in the middle of the season against the Islanders or the some random Eastern Conference team, it, I mean, it's just not as big of an impact – as uh, you know, dropping games to division opponents in a much smaller condensed schedule, so it felt like a must win to me. I mean, they they just couldn't let it go. And then, of course, they, the go ahead. I was, gonna, I was just gonna say real quick. I think they kind of were must wins, knowing what they're gonna face this weekend and yeah. Monday, and then after that, you know, they got the Panthers coming up in a back to back. So yeah, I really feel like they had to at least. If they didn't win both, they had to at least win one. So, so yeah, we're gonna get into the Tampa Bay series. Yeah. We're gonna preview that. We're gonna preview that a little bit later in this episode. But uh, yeah, so the Preds power play. Uh, I mean, look, they it's gross. <laughs> it's it's really yeah. gross. Horrible. It's it's feel, really bad. That not you felt when we went on the penalty kill. That's not I feel every time we go on the power play because I'm like, it, it, I think you know it can't get any worse. But then we saw a shorthanded goal you know happen against us. So I'm like, please yeah. don't give that up again. Mm-hmm. But, the, yeah, so they gave up that quick power play goal uh, basically three minutes into the game. They gave up that quick power play goal to Dylan Strom, and it was just one of those things where it was just lazy. It's like you're not – like they weren't – like when you look at the replay, it's like the Blackhawks wanted it more. They just – they're fighting for that loose puck, and you see you see Preds players just kind of lackadaisically slapping at it kind of, but it's like what are you going to do? So you're already thinking the worst when they score that first one. Because, you know, Pekka's in, and you're like, is Pekka going to let this snowball? Like, you're just worried for Pekka because you know he's still you know he's still kind of rusty, shaking the rust off. So that was just a horrible way to start. But, I mean, they did. Let's give them credit here. They settled in. They started letting their talent override Chicago's talent when it comes to what Chicago has available to them right now because let's not sugarcoat this. Yep. The, Preds, the Preds should have dominated them. They still yeah. won. They still won, so we're happy. But they should have dominated them because the Blackhawks are missing so many critical players on their team. So, well, Chad, uh, Chad, I think that kind of goes down to what you said earlier in an earlier episode in the year of the, the Preds' habit of playing down or up to their competition. So, like, you look at Chicago, mm-hmm. and it's like, we should have dominated that series. And, and then you look towards, you know, we'll talk about it in a little bit, but you look towards Tampa Bay. Hopefully, we play up to that competition. But, yeah, it, we should have dominated. We should have been like I know some of the guys from Predlines were saying, you know, four two, uh, you know, three one, and we're like, nope, we're going to overtime twice. <laughs> and what yeah. else was what else? Something else that was a little troubling on the first game was they started Malcolm Subban. He only played one game 
of the season and up until that point. And he had like a 5.0 goals against average or, and all that. And I've just felt like this is going to be a good opportunity for them to get some good shots. I mean, he's, you know, maybe having, having the goals troubles. a little bit. When yeah, you, at- you would think you would think that it would open up, you know, more for him, but but he he played good. You know, it's like it's like these guys come in here and they're like they have good nights against and the you Predators. Do, and- you do, uh, and Rich, you do have to tip somewhat tip your cat to Subban as well because he did he did oh, make yeah. some really he made some really tough saves. Preds put up thirty nine shots on goal in that game, the first game we're talking about here, whereas Chicago put up only twenty. Uh, uh, and then you look at the goals that Pekka gave up. We can, we can, I'll kind of blame the first goal on Peck a little bit because he maybe could have made that save, but you also got to say it's a product of bad penalty killing. And we're not trying to make excuses. I feel like we're mm-hmm. always trying to make excuses for the goaltending, both Saros and Rene. We're not really trying to do that, but you got to call it like you see it sometimes. And then that second goal, the breakaway goal, was a product of a Matt Duchesne, just a lazy pass. It happens to the best of them. So we're not going to, throw Matt Duchesne under the bus because he made a bad play and he's a human and he's human, but it was a really lazy pass and it directly led to uh, an easy breakaway for a very talented player. Matthias uh, Yanmark is a very, very talented young player. And so he just, he had a, I knew it. I knew, I knew he was going to score on Pekka when I saw this happening. I mean, he was just, he had mm-hmm. all this momentum going. He was in perfect stride. Way before he even crossed mid-ice, you knew it was going to be him and Pekka. Yeah. And Pekka, Pekka just couldn't make the stop. It would have been a tough stop for any goaltender, and uh, Yamar got the goal. It was really funny because then I, I saw this, uh, I saw the, uh, you know, on NHL Network when they do the highlights, they always like to, sh- when they show the goals being scored, they always uh, play the audio feed from the regional broadcaster that did the mm. goal, that called the goal. So the Chicago broadcast calls this breakaway goal in the highlights. And twice in the lot in the live moment on this broadcast, they called him Cali Yarncroc <laughs> scores oh. the goal. Cali Yarncroc scores the goal on Pecorine. Oh, okay. And I'm not trying to wow. throw shade. I'm not trying to throw shade. We all make mistakes. But it was just funny because in the live moment, they – not not Matias Yanmark, but Callie Yarncroc scored okay. the breakaway goal for the Blackhawks. I didn't see. I didn't realize Yarncroc went to the Blackhawks. I thought he was still on IR for the yeah, Predators. I so I I missed that one there. But uh, but anyway, yeah. I just thought that I just thought that was funny. I would hope somebody would call me out on it if I made that yeah. that kind of a mistake too. Sometimes well, uh, you just gotta laugh at yourself. But that was that was kind of funny. The one thing about Duchesne that we we talked about, he did make that mistake, and we said, you know, we're not gonna we're not gonna rag on him because. I think Pred's Twitter already did enough of that, so there's oh, no yeah. reason for us to drag him through the mud. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Matt, Matt Duchesne uh, is always seems like he's at the center of every uh, fan quarrel. Yeah, and so and sometimes it's well deserved. His contract has a lot to do with that and stuff, but and his skill, we know what he's capable of. Capable of, and so uh, rightly deserved. But we're going to get into that uh, in the next segment. Right. Let's, let's kind of wrap up here. So Yossi scored the game winning goal. Uh, you mentioned uh, Yakov Trenin broke it open. It felt like the, the Preds were just snake bitten, and it was just like impossible for them to score a goal. And Trenin just went in there on fire and scored that quick goal. And then they closed it out. Uh, uh, Michael Granlund also had a goal in that game. So the Preds get that win. Then they go into the back to back and have to play again. Uh, that we knew UC Saros would be in net. And uh, 
I'll be honest. I had other things going on, so I couldn't watch as much of the game as I would would have liked to. And uh, I do know it was an offensive snoozer. I do know that there was a uh, it was nothing like game one. And I do also know that there was some really good goaltending as well as a product of that. And so uh, just some numbers I did look up. Uh, I think it was UC Soros's best game of the season from what I'm seeing. Oh, yeah. I feel like he I made he had, he had to make the best saves. He had 29 saves on 30 shots. Look at this. I found this crazy. And then we'll go to Colin to kind of get his thoughts on game two. Found this. So uh, on the season, Soros is now three and two. 0.918 save percentage, 2.54 goals against average. Pretty average numbers, like nothing like crazy all-star worthy, but also not terrible. Also a small sample size. He is literally right at his career average right now. His career average is um, is basically the same numbers, basically around that same save percentage and that same goals against average. So he's kind of performing right where he's always been for his career so far this season. So uh, – we want him to take that next step up, though. That's what we're waiting on, right, Colin? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, part of it is that, I mean, you take out that Dallas game and his stats look a lot better. It's just that he, he was point. in it for two periods where he got, you know, just absolutely blitzed by that offense and by the power play and things that weren't in his control necessarily. So I will say he looked great last night. Um, he was making some awesome saves. He was seeing, like, his vision looked really good last night. I think probably the best that I've seen in a long time as far as just the way he was seeing the puck, the way he was stopping plays. Um, if he had to kill it, he had to kill it, but he was oftentimes getting away from his net, dumping in the corner and, and letting us play on, but at least be safe while doing so. So I really appreciate that. And I think he really paired well uh, with the defense last night. Um, it was interesting seeing, you know, that, that fourth line with Richardson and uh, Trenton and Olivier, I call it the, uh, the Bush light line. Uh, those guys are uh, going out there and, and setting the pace. And I appreciate what Heinz is doing there. I mean, he, I get it. He wants to set the physical tone of the game and, and really, Jofa will set the scoring tone eventually, but honestly, if you're going to start a line and you want to be physical from the get-go, that's the line you want out there. It's just the bigger guys that are willing to hit. Um, they're willing to take some shots themselves. So I appreciate that effort. But no, it, it was definitely one of those games where, you know, looking back on it in hindsight, like I'm, I'm grateful that it was kind of, you know, boring. It wasn't like one of these issues where we're imploding. But in, at the time, like, it's like, gosh, this is just, it's almost agonizing waiting for, you know, the shoe to drop and it doesn't, it doesn't happen to the third period. And you're just like, man, someone, someone do something, please. But um, if people follow our, our Twitter account, Catfish Ice, uh, that's, that's why the gift game was spicy last night because there was nothing else to do, but find some <laughs> good, good gifts to send out. So, um, yeah. yeah, but it, it was good. It was good to see, you know, us, you know, get for one thing that's really a crazy stat. It's the first time we've we've opened up the scoring in a game all season. Yep. The first time we scored first, so that was good to see. I know, but hey, it's we're trending in the right direction. We'll take it. Um, and then you know to see the shootout, us go to a shootout. I thought that we were going to end it in three on three. There were a couple chances there, um, but to see Duchesne get his finally, we're, we're going to talk about him. But I'm very, I was very happy for him. I think he was very deserving, and I'm, I'm happy that. And he was what a move! Hey, wh- oh, that, yeah. I, that backhand. I mean, that was like he's doing things that we brought him here to do. We we knew it was another goaltender filthy. It was <laughs> filthy. It was definitely filthy because uh, that goaltender really had. I mean, he got the goaltender got so faked out on that move that Duchesne knew that puck was going to go in before it actually went in. I mean, he kind of he started turning around away from the net almost before the goal mm-hmm. was actually in. It felt that way in real time, anyway, and so. Outstanding. A lot of people don't like the shootout. They don't like settling games that way. Uh, but it's still nice to see Duchesne. Uh, got to end somehow. Exactly. And it's it's nice to see Duchesne uh, get that game winner. He's not really known as being a shootout specialist. So 
it's kind of it was kind of cool to see him do that. Uh, Rich, give me your thoughts, man, on the on last night's game. So yeah, we had another another first goal was Nick Cousins. He scored the scored the goal in regulation, which was good to see <clears throat> see him score. You know, we always kind of wanted him to see what he could do, and I think he's been playing pretty good. And you know, he finally was rewarded. Um, the thing that I noticed, and I, it it had kind of happened in the other game too. Well, I guess it's really happened a lot longer. They've been dumping and chasing it a lot, and I I'm not a fan of that at all. I mean, it works if you can do it well, but they're dumping it without the chasing part. <laughs> like, hey, that's like when hey, they, Rich, Rich, that's going back to the Barry Trotz days. That was what that's what yeah. Barry Trotz he preached on dumping and chasing. Yeah. I mean, that was what the Preds did back in the day. Yeah. Well, Hines must be preaching the the dump part and not the other part because <laughs> they, just, they just dump it in, man, and they go they go try to chase it down and like they just get they can't control the puck. I just want to see them enter the zone carrying the puck, but I, I don't know if they like the guys who can do that are just having a hard time and can't because usually like last season it was Yossi he would do that a lot and he's not doing it as much now either. And um, I really want to see them get back to carrying the puck in more than just dumping it. Cause that's, I hate that. I just despise that because I know that there's, there's good puck handlers and they can, they can do it. It's just not happening at the moment. What, so. One thing, one thing I will say about this old dump and chase method is I think that this team has a much, di- whether you like it or not, I think the team has a much different mentality, especially coming from the Peter Laviolette days where it was just turn and burn it right. was scoring chance back and forth, counterattacks, buckle your seatbelt in. You might be up 3 nothing, but guess what? That other team's going to get 20 more counterattacks the rest of the game, but judged on how the Preds play with, and take their chances. And then next thing you know, your goaltender's hung out to dry and it's you end up losing 5-4 to four or whatever, you know. Uh, whereas I think it's just a stark contrast under Hines now, now that he's going into – now he's in his first full season as head coach, had a full offseason – I think we're just, for better or worse, we're seeing a Nashville Predators team under John Hines fully now. And it is a lot of that, you know, it can be boring. It can be hard to watch if you love to see all the flashy goals scored. But I think what the Preds are trying to hang their hats on right now is we're not going to give up a lot of shots on goal. We're, you know, and we're going to, but here's the problem with all that. That's all well and good if you can stay out of the penalty box. And when you do go, you actually have a chance to stop that power play. And that's the that's the elephant in the room right now. They're playing great five-on-five five right now. They really are. They're not giving up a lot of really good shots. They're blocking a lot of shots. They're checking. They're doing a lot of these things that might not be exciting to watch. But And I feel like, you know, I didn't get to see a, lot, a ton of the game, but I've, I've kind of look, went back and looked at film and looked at some things. And it just looked like it was one of those types of games where it's like the Preds are like, we're going to make this game look dirty, and then we're just going to hope that our talent outweighs yours. Which let's hope that let's hope that would happen. Looking at the Chicago's yeah. roster right now, but uh, well, Colin, uh, kind of give me some of your thoughts on that. Yeah, well, I mean, I will say our penalty kill was much better last night compared to you know mm-hmm. the night one matchup, and especially compared to the Stars, penalty kill was awesome. Uh, didn't allow a power play goal, so that's a preview appreciated. Um, you know, I wrote today about the offense and just how inconsistent it is in a lot of ways. The, a lot of times, I mean, you're seeing guys like Fabro that are pushing it from 20 feet back and, you know, you know way, way away from the blue line and then pushing it to the forward and kind of on forwards to carry it in. And immediately they've got three bodies on that beat them off the puck and, you know, push us out and we've got to reset. And so that takes a while. And then 
you know, the dump and chase, I'm going to make the joke again, but it's like we're sponsored by, you know, Dokalax. It's so bad. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know, we, we throw it in there and then we can't get to it. We don't chase it. And, you know, if we do, you know, there's some times where it's like we take shots that are just not high percentage shots. So 25%, you know, shots, they might be, you know, out you know, around the circle, but they're not anything that's going to be close or anything high danger. And so, you know, we're giving these goalies easy looks at times. But last night we got a lot of second bounces. Last night I saw an improvement in that as far as, you know, the, bounce, the puck bouncing our way. And I think that comes down to puck luck. Uh, but we were getting also a lot more shots in close. And that's where we do our damage. And so, you know, we didn't didn't capitalize on it yet. But I think that, you know, seeing that going forward, if we get consistent with that, we're going to start seeing that puck bounce our way. It's only a matter of time, and, and we're going to have that happen. Um, but I would like to see a little more aggression on that offense. Yeah. Did uh, you Were you the one, Colin, that tweeted um, Arvidsson might as well just, like, tell him what he's going to do? Like, oh, yeah. I mean, he, just, well, there, yeah. there, there are times where he's got, you know, he's got plenty of room and, and like you're watching him wind up and you're like, you could literally send a text message. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, he's got it wound up for like 30 seconds. He's standing there with his stick in the air waiting. And yeah. Everybody, everybody knows he's going to shoot it. And then and he, he skates. Does, and he basically yeah. skates right down the side of the boards, comes into the zone and he just winds up. Winds up, yeah. he's ready to go. But, that's a, that's you know. a, I didn't see that. I didn't see that tweet from Colin, but that's that's very well said. Oh, it and, was yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> another thing perfect. I will say. Another thing I will say too about this whole dump and chase thing that Rich brought up, which I think is a really good topic to bring up. He's spot on with it. Is uh, a lot of times what I'm seeing happen is they dump it, they get down there, and they get on the boards, and they're battling for the puck, and they will get it. Like they're getting control of the puck. The problem is. They don't have chemistry with each other right now. Like mm-hmm. they're trying to tell, they're trying to do some of these. I won't call them like fancy passes, but they're trying to like do these passes where they just expect someone to be there and nobody's there. Nope. Or if the person is there, he, you're like, because sometimes in hockey it only takes like a half second to be off on your pass. So I just don't see the chemistry there. And conventional wisdom would say that that chemistry is going to get better and better each game we play. But there's only 56 games, so you can't wait too long for this chemistry to get good. But that's a lot. Another thing I'm seeing with this dump and chase is they get control of the puck. They try to get out of the zone really quick, and these passes just aren't happening. Then they turn over the puck in the zone, and then usually that's when they commit the penalties is when they're trying to overcorrect for a turnover in the zone. So that might be one way to fix going to the penalty box, the parade to the penalty box right now is uh, not turning over the puck so much. So, But I, yeah. I'm afraid to say that the team's going to have to play this way because they're just not loaded with any with offensive scoring superstars. They've got Forsberg. They've got Roman Yossi. Let's just keep it with the forward group and leave out the defensemen. They've got Forsberg. Sometimes they got Arvidsson. Some, you know, but other than that, I mean, they really don't have any offensive playmakers. They have decent players. They don't have any great offensive players. You know, yeah, we really Madden, we thought that you know. Coonan, we thought Coonan was going to be one. Or no, I did it. I said it wrong. Coonan, Coonan. We made it. We made it through one episode without doing that. I you know, broke right? the streak. Yeah. You broke so, the streak, Rich. Coonan, you know, he started off real hot with those first two games and had a goal in each game. And ever since then, we haven't really heard much from him. So we thought he was going to maybe step up, but yeah. I know they're moving before the lines get, a little bit. So before well, we go to We'll go ahead. Finish your thought, Colin. I, I was going to say, I think, you know, Granlin has been coming on strong, though. He's been, mm-hmm. he's looked like one of the best forwards we've had since he got back to us. And for him, I think it was just a matter of he just kept grinding away. Finally, it showed up in, in the, you know, by lighting it up. But 
Arvey's kind of the same way, but then then again, like Arvey has been taking shot more shots than you know probably as many shots as Forsberg, uh, more shots than Granny has, and he still hasn't gotten there just yet. And he's yeah. gotten one, but beyond that, like he hasn't capitalized. And so you gotta think like the consistency will help, but you also shot selection is key. Granny's shots have been awesome as far as where he's yeah. taking the shots from, uh, putting people in high danger and getting some second chance opportunities. So you know it's like okay, Forsberg, you know Granny, maybe Arvey, Duchesne's looking better, Joey is. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. A couple it's of, good uh, to see. It's good to see Granlin. You can watch him play, and you can see that he's finally getting his getting his feet about him, and he's he's get, getting some confidence. And that's that's good news for us. I'm I'm really glad to see him that it's working out for him because I know, you know, he had the horrible last year, and then came back when Hines got hired, and we just want to see him succeed. So he works in the system. I I, I think he yeah. really does respond to the system well. A couple other players that stood out in that, or kind of like caught my attention when I went back and looked at the numbers. Uh, Jared Tonorti got into his first game of the season yep. to the chagrin of a lot of people. A lot of people do not <laughs> want to see Jared Tonorti in the lineup, but he does serve a purpose. He's a hard hitter. He's a bruiser. Uh, he's, he's a, a big solid dude. Game. He's he a big dude. So I was, I was going to say he put 13 minutes of ice time. He had a block. He had a hit. He had four shots on goal. So, uh, I mean, hey, he he did he served his purpose. He didn't bat or anything. So, but a lot of Preds fans just just uh, shriek when they see that Tenorti's in the well, starting lineup. My biggest thing and is then, as long as he doesn't make mistakes, he's good. Yeah, as long as he doesn't make mistakes. So, and then uh, uh, Ryan Ellis had five block shots, almost twenty five minutes of ice time. That's a that's a that's a Ooh. lot of minute. That's a lot of minutes for a game. So Ellis put the work in in the second game against Chicago, and then Colton Sissons. I've been seeing. Colton Sissons is another player where he's man, he's out there just laying people out, man. He's mm-hmm. he had three he had three hits in the game, uh, 57% face-off circle percentage win. So I mean, he did some things in the game as well. So it was an ugly game to watch, but the Preds got another win. So Sissons has kind of changed his game. Like he, he he's has. kind of evolved. It's it's been you know, before it's kind of more of a okay, outside wing guy might be a you know, scorer. Uh, if he's playing center, he's still, he's looking to shoot first, not necessarily looking for the pass. He's looking more like a distributor, but also more like a body that, you know, like you said, he'll lay some hits on people and he's beating some people off the puck. I think he's, you know, he's added some size, but I like the evolution of his game. I was, I was very low on him going into the season and for what he is right now, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yep. So they get a four out of a four possible points. They needed those four points. I was going into the matchup saying they need to get all four points here. Even, even last night I was like going into that shootout. I'm like, it's going to be really hard if they don't get this extra point here. Like they mm-hmm. needed four, they needed four out of four points against this Blackhawks team. Cause like Rich was saying earlier, this schedule is about to get rough. They got four out of the next six against Tampa. They got uh, the Panthers who are coming on strong and looking really good after their season got delayed a little bit. Uh, so, I mean, it's just there, this schedule really has no, no dips in it. And then when you do have a few dips here against the Blackhawks or maybe the Red Wings, you have to take advantage. So it was huge that they got four out of four points. We're going to go to Matt Duchesne real quick. We're going to get a quick little segment on him because uh, we all write for Predlines.com, which is part of the Fanside Network. Go follow Predlines at PredlinesNSH on Twitter. Uh, I did an editorial today talking about how I think Matt Duchesne's been the calming force on the team. And basically what I meant by that headline was he's not out there scoring goals. Obviously, he has zero goals. And uh, he's got three assists. And you have to really be willing to look deeper into the game because hockey is a very complex sport. It's not as simple as just how many goals do you have and how many assists do you have. It's really not. And uh, just a lot of the numbers I'm seeing from him, he's at, he's impacting the games in many the game in many other ways. 
The eye test can give you that as well. If you go back and watch some of the games, he's out there performing really hard. You take away that one really bad pass that any player could happen to. Uh, they're all human out there. They all make mistakes. That was a really bad mistake by him that led to a breakaway goal. You take out that, I really haven't seen any really bad plays from Duchesne this year that just really stick out. Just a couple of things that I really have, more of his analytical numbers here. He's got a 54 Corsi rating right now, which is well above his career average. That's well above the league average, actually. So he is controlling possession of the puck right now. He's creating things. When your Corsi is that high, you are creating things. You are making things happen around you. You need your line mates to show up as well. He's playing with two players, mostly, that he's never played with in his career. So I'm asking people to kind of be a little patient with this. He's playing with uh, Luke Cunning, and he's playing with uh, Nick Cousins predominantly. And that's not a knock on those two players, but you have to build chemistry, especially a player like Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne is the type of player where he is setting up his line mates. He's controlling the puck. He's he's making things happen, and he needs to have that chemistry and that trust with his line mates. And so I think that's still kind of being built now that, you know, you know you have Granlund out there as well who he's playing with. He does have a little bit more chemistry with him. But uh, another thing, his uh, offensive zone percentage, which is basically rates a player how much they're actually in the offensive zone and it kind of rates what they're doing. He is a 71.4%, which is – that number is going to come down. That's skewed a little bit because it's so early in the season. But he – at least through these first few games, he, you would think – the numbers would think that he's he would have a little bit more luck going his way right now. But uh, let me give you this quote real quick that he gave to Lindsey Rowley, who is uh, part of the Fox Sports Tennessee uh, National Predators coverage. Lindsey Rowley is awesome. She's one of the best in the business. Uh she took this quote from Matt Duchesne. He said, a lot of us are snake bitten right now, but we're just going to find ways to win in the meantime, end quote. So that's just kind of speaks to what the team is feeling like right now, that they're all kind of snake bitten, not just Matt Duchesne. But uh, Rich, kind of tell me, where's your where's your thought process on Matt Duchesne? Do you lean towards the people who are still really frustrated by him and think that he's, not, he's just not giving us enough right now? Or do you think that – he is actually still doing a lot of good things for us. Well, <clears throat> I was guilty last year of getting on the uh, he's making a whole lot of money and not producing train. And I've kind of leaned away from that now because, I mean, you look at it and, yeah, he does make a lot of money and he's not producing like everybody wants him to. But I don't think it's because you know, he wants to produce like everybody wants him to. And he's, he's he you can see the effort so far in these games. And hopefully now that he's, even though it was a shootout, he did get a goal, you know, hopefully that'll just open up his game to where he can, you know, flourish because, you know, everybody wants to see him succeed. And and um, I just, I think he's doing a really good job. Mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. And I think, you know, part of it, I think I'm seeing, I am seeing a difference in his enthusiasm level is just you know, talking about the psyche of the game. Like, you know, last year there were some plays where he just looked like he gave up, and I think that was more speaking to the frustrations of the team um, than mm-hmm. anything else. This year, even after that, that you know, that one mistake that he had, he didn't let up. I mean, he was still mm-hmm. skating back, trying to trying to correct it. And his next shift was a solid shift. And then, you know, the guy has been putting the energy out there, putting the effort out there. Like you're saying, his, his coursing numbers are awesome. He's taking high percentage shots. Probably one of the higher, you know, one of the better shooters on our team in terms of where they're shooting from the puck and where you know. The, the chance, second chances it's creating and just being able to create opportunities for his line mates, um, whoever they are. I was a little frustrated that Granny wasn't on his line last night, but you know, he's, he's, 
he's still adapting and he's, you know, he's doing what he does. Um, but, you know, he, I think with him, it's about consistency. And Chad, we, we, I know that we were engaging with a Twitter uh, a responder on Twitter who was talking about it. And, and for me, kind of reiterating what I said, it's like he just needs, he just needs to stay the course. I think that very soon we're going to start seeing some of these shots that don't go in, go in. He's getting very close on some of these things. And some of them are, you know, they're just some good saves. But some of them, it's like a little to the left, a little to the right. He's got it. I think he's going to adjust that. He's going to get more comfortable. He's going to get more in the swing of things. I think very soon we're going to see a good, you know, either a point streak or an explosion of points at least uh, from Duchesne just because he's he's that close. I mean, it, so it's going to happen from soon. So he's got 19 shots on goal this season, which is an enormous amount of shots. And let, let me also put this out there for people who may not understand and might be a little frustrated with Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne did not build his NHL career on piling up the goals. He is not that type of player. And I run into people all the time, mainly on Twitter, sometimes Preds Facebook, which we like to joke is even crazier. <laughs> no, uh, that's like that's like, the wild, wild, that's like the Wild Wild West. No, no rules exist. It's just crazy. It's fun, but it can be crazy. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I hear this all the time. Why is Matt Duchesne not scoring more goals? This is – and I'm like – Yes, you do want him to score. Obviously, he has zero goals through seven games. You would like him to have some goals by now. That's completely understood. Matt Duchesne's never scored more than 31 goals in a season. Yep. Uh, you know, he had 30 goals in 2015-16, one of his second-to-last season with Colorado. He scored 31 goals this season before he came to Nashville in 2018-19 when he split time with uh, Columbus and Ottawa. So, look at this. So, his shooting percentage in, in that season where he scored 31 goals was up near 20%, which is a very skewed shooting percentage. That's That usually tells you that, hey, things are bouncing your way. when you're Normally a good player shooting percentage is around 13%, 14%. That's a more average shooting percentage where things are going your way. So he's just not a big goal scorer. He's just not. I mean, he, he the high 20s is kind of his mark that you, want, that you would expect him to be at. And so uh, you got to keep that in mind as well. Is that he? he but he he's obviously a big assist guy. He piles up the assists, and he his line does need to start producing more goals. Whether it's him from assist or however, even if he's the secondary assist or however it goes in that regard, you do want to start seeing those numbers start come in. He's only got three assists through seven games, which is actually second on the team. Only Victor Arvidsson has more. He has four assists. So I mean, it's all. If you want to call it a problem, it's a whole team problem. It's not just on Duchesne. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just kind of how I see it. Well, and it'll be interesting to see you know with his line mates because I think with the three people he's played with, with Cunningham and with uh, you know Granlin, those guys are kind of your snipers. Whereas Cousins is the guy that seems to be in the right place at the right time. Uh -huh. And so he's he's got the right pieces around him, depending on which of those three, a combination of those three, is going to be around him. I kind of prefer the gun, the Cunningham and Granlin, but I see the reason for why Cousins would be helpful to him as well. But, you know, it's going to happen for him. They're going to get it. And Cunningham's shown some streaks. Obviously, played great against Columbus. You know, we saw what he's capable of there. Um, you know, Cousins has been, you know, he finally got on the board. And so that's good to see. It's going to happen. But it's just got to, we, we need patience. And I think you're right. We just, we need to understand what he is and what he's not. Um, but also, you know, watch his game. And don't let, don't let the numbers fool you. When you watch it and you have the eye test, you see the guy is in there. And he, he's producing in different ways that don't necessarily show up on paper. Mm -hmm. So you got to appreciate that. Yeah, and, uh, Ray, Go ahead. well, real quick, yeah, real quick, just to wrap this up. I wanted also, so Ray Perkin, he writes for the Hockey Writers, and he uh, covers the National Predators. He did an article recently saying, "Hey, 
Let's break up the line. Let's put Duchesne and Philip Forsberg back together. And just to wrap up this segment real quick. Yep. That's what I was saying. Don't even don't even tell me for a second that if Forsberg was playing on Duchesne's line, that Duchesne's numbers wouldn't be blossoming, especially his assist numbers. I'm just I gonna said, leave it. I'm I'm gonna leave this segment right there at that. But I know I said the last agrees. episode. I said the last yeah. episode. I called it. I mean, that's a hard thing to call for, but yes. So uh Colin, lead us into the next segment, man. Well, I want to give you guys a, a scoring update real quick, and then we'll, I'll let you guys okay. look into that. But uh, as of right now, uh, Columbus got the win over uh, – da, 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 da. I just had it. Why is why am I fogging? Columbus got the shootout <laughs> win. The shootout win over the Panthers. So they move into sole possession right. first place. We are in second go. place. Uh, the Hurricanes beat the Lightning in overtime tonight. So that happened. Yeah, that was one nothing. one yeah, nothing. Yeah. Talk about crazy. Talk about crazy. That's that's a, it's last, a real bad, uh, not a fun one. <laughs> during the during the uh, the overtime, uh, Tampa Bay never even had the puck. Wow, yeah. Carolina possessed a, the puck the whole time. Maybe maybe hammering. maybe uh, maybe maybe Tampa Bay was a little bit rusty because they were they missed a few games or they missed a few days of playing. So uh, maybe well, so I don't know. Carolina can do that. They're a pretty good possession team too. Yeah. But uh, so. Dallas is currently beating the Red Wings three one. So if they win, that puts them tied for second place with us. We yeah, they'll be points. they'll be four they'll be four and zero. Oh. They'll be four out of four wins. So yeah, so I we'll mean, be in second Dallas. place with them. And who would have thought Columbus, Nashville, hey. Dallas, and Florida? <laughs> I, uh, me and Rich were talking about me and Rich were talking about this before we uh, went live tonight. I'm I'm getting a little. I know that I know we shouldn't be scoreboard watching this early in the season, but I really don't like seeing all these central divi- all these division games going to overtime because that means that every team involved, both teams involved, are going to at least get a point. I don't like that. Like it's kind of like because it's just oh, going to make it. It's going to make that division that division those division standings that much more clogged up when you have all these team all these games going on where a team's getting at least a point. I mean, it's just. I mean, it's going to be that. Can you guys imagine that last week of this season? Oh, how it's going to be like. That's why we're saying like getting four out of four points against the Blackhawks was huge, just because. And, yeah. I, I mean, mean those crazy. preseason projections. We looked at those preseason projections, and we saw like the difference between first place and fifth place was what six points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's down, shaping up that way. It. It's shaping yeah. up that way. It really is. Yeah, Florida. Right, Tampa so, Bay. Florida, Tampa Bay, and Chicago, they all have seven points right now, and it's Columbus has nine and Nashville's got eight, so it's all really so, tight. To preview, we're we're gonna give a quick preview and because we won't we won't have episode 15 until after uh the Preds play the Tampa Bay Lightning twice. So uh, we want to give you a good little preview here going into that for all of our listeners who are gonna listen to our uh episode through the weekend and uh before these two games get going, we want to give you a good little preview here and what we think's going to happen in this game. Again, we're brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and we're presented by DraftKings. Go get the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Go play the Super Bowl Prediction Challenge and use uh, promo code uh, THPN. Uh, so the biggest thing here with this matchup is the Preds. You think they're having a hard time scoring goals now? Yeah. They're about to go up, they're about to go up against Andre Vasilevsky. And even in their most recent defeat, you know, Vasilevsky was – incredible i mean he was just unstoppable and he he's one of the best in the league if not the best you can make an art certainly make an argument that he is the best goaltender in the league and so i i was kind of had my scheduling messed up messed up and i thought that the preds were playing them tomorrow night again we're recording on thursday night here uh so i for some reason i thought they were playing tomorrow night so i was like oh i was like we're catching the lightning on a back-to-back we're not gonna have to go up against 
Vasilevsky, we're going to go against their backup that's only played 14 career games and was drafted in 2011. And then uh, Rich was like, Rich burst my bubble and tells yep. me, uh, Chad, uh, Chad, your days are a little bit off there, buddy. Uh, yep. They don't they don't play till Saturday. So, I mean, he completely burst my bubble there. So, uh, Vasilevsky made 34 saves on 35 shots face tonight. And so, uh, his numbers going into uh, tonight's game, uh, 1.55 goals against average and a 92 uh, save percentage. So, um, yeah, he's – the 92 save percentage really isn't – I wouldn't get into save percentages too much early this season just because of the sample size. But 1.55 goals against, I mean, I'm sorry, mm-hmm. on, the NH- on the NHL level against NHL players, that's just crazy. I think he's the best goaltender in the game. Uh, we could have an argument in another episode who he thinks the best is. But Preds got their work cut out for him. That's basically the the – the main point I'm drawing out of this when it comes to scoring goals, it might be another situation where the Preds are going to have to win two to one or win another ugly couple of games. If they're going to get a win at all. Right. Yeah, I agree. I think just, I was looking on the NHL's website. They've got the, the, the matchup on there. So as we know, the power play for predators isn't very good. They're 28th in the league. Um, Tampa Bay's 12th. Hey, uh, Rich, saying the Rich saying the Preds power play quote unquote isn't very good is the that that's trying, like the that's not even the PG version that's the rated G version. We try to we try to appeal to all listeners, so we're not going to go yeah. we're not going to get into the PG thirteen version or even the yeah. rated R version. But it, that's putting it very very nicely, Rich, that the Preds well, power play is not very good. The ne- the next one's not any better because it's the penalty kill percentage. Uh, oh, man. 12th, and obviously the Predators are last in the league. So Ooh. that's even worse. So, yeah. But they have the, the players to watch matchup, and it's that's kind of interesting because they've got like Victor Arvidsson and Stamkos. Victor uh-huh. Arvidsson's got five points. Stamkos has six. Forsberg has okay. three. Uh, Pilat yeah. has three. So it's kind of like there might be some good. It's just like you said, getting past Vasilevsky. Well, Forsberg, Forsberg's got four goals. So, yeah. They might have. Misput that. Oh, that's but, true. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But uh, but yeah, here's the deal about the Tampa Lightning for me is, and it goes right back in. I feel like this is going to be a recurring theme for a while until the Predators show us something different. But I mean, let's just look at Tampa Bay's power play unit. You think? I mean, Chicago had some good numbers going into that series as far as their power play numbers. But I mean, they're going to eat us alive. I mean, especially if they get multiple power plays close together in like one period and they wear us down. They got Alice Kalorn. They got Braden Point. They got Palat. They got Steven Stamkos, who I I've always been a fan of Steven Stamkos. I, I love that guy. Yeah, and then you got you got Victor Hedman. I mean, that's their top power play unit. That is just like an that's stacked. That's just like an all star team. And so that unit is just going to eat us alive if we're not smart. So and then the sec, even the second power play unit. They got Pat Maroon. They got Sorelli. They got Tyler Johnson. So, I mean, they're just – we got to be ready for that. Like, I hope that John Hines is really preaching uh, disciplined play. Uh, I hope they can kind of repeat what they did against Chicago where they didn't go to the box that much. But it's going to be a lot tougher because uh, playing against a team like Tampa, they're going to draw more penalties just because they're that good of a team. So, I mean, th- this this these two games can get out of hand in a hurry if we make a parade to the penalty box. I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, I, and I agree with you guys. It's – Last night we did look better as far as penalty kill, and granted, it's not as you know it might not be as potent of the penalty uh, or as far as power play as what Tampa Bay has, but Chicago has had by all you know accounts a pretty solid you know power play last 
uh, you know, four games for them. So, you know, to not get, you know, not give up a power play goal there is solid. But I found a stat that's interesting. If I was to ask you guys where the Predators rank in penalty minutes, where do you think they rank? Uh, I want to say it's. I want to say they're actually performing pretty well in that category. I don't think they're actually taking a ton of penalties. We are, yeah, you're right. We are we're 23rd in the league, which you know isn't you know it's not the best, but it's not not definitely not the worst. So it's it's you know if we can like you said if we can stay out of the box, that's crucial to us because then we can limit those opportunities. If the penalty kill shows up, we're, we know there's going to be a penalty at some point tomorrow night. The question is whether yeah. the penalty kill really shows up and locks it down and doesn't make it easy for them. And they, and Tampa Bay has shown in the tape. When they get agitated, which is what the Preds have shown that they're good at doing during the, on a penalty kill, they're not, you know, as clean with their, their shots and as good at their passes. So, you know, that that's a hope. But once again, you got to look under the ice, and that goaltending is just so, oh, it's elite. I mean, we're if, if there was a night to roll out Duchesne and Forsberg together, that might be the time to do it because we might need it to happen. But it's going to take them committing some penalties as well, and I think we're probably going to get maybe one from them because they play pretty clean hockey. Um, and so, I mean, they just, they play, you have to beat them straight up. It's not going to be, you're not going to get a power play off of them very easily. Um, you know, they're, they're, it's going to be a tough matchup, but the Preds, I mean, we, we know the history. We play up to our competition sometimes, can't explain it. doesn't make any sense. Maybe it's just the bright lights. Maybe it's these guys, they're, you know, that age and, and they're in their careers and they just, that's how they kind of get ready and psyched up for the game. But hopefully we show up. That's all we can do. Yep. Yep. And, and historically speaking, the Preds have actually played very well against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Even when the Tampa Bay Lightning are a really good team, the Preds somehow always seem to play up to them and play very well against them. Uh, last last season, uh, the Preds beat the Lightning 3-2 in overtime in October. That was when the Preds were really starting off strong. Uh, we didn't really know what we were in for after that. But uh, let's see, even later <laughs> on in the season, later on in the season, we took them to overtime, lost 3-2 in overtime in uh, early December. And then even if you go back, uh, you know, seasons before that, I mean, I know in, I know in the last three or four years, Preds, uh, they beat the Lightning uh, the season before. They beat them four to one. And then they beat them again later that season, three to two. So a lot of recent results, the Preds have played very well against the Lightning, even though the Tampa Bay Lightning have been a good team for a while now. So let's hope we can bottle some of that up and figure out a way. If it, we, Oh, yeah, let's get to, our, get to our poll real quick. I don't know how I could leave that out. Our poll, uh, we asked our uh, all of our followers, follow Catfish on Ice Podcast, at Catfish Ice on Twitter. Uh, we always put out a lot of really good uh, stuff out there for our followers and listeners to interact with. But we put out a poll. We just said, how many points do the Preds need to get in their weekend series with the Tampa Bay Lightning for it to be considered a success? And so uh, we didn't leave we didn't leave zero points or one point as an option because that would just be that would be a really dumb choice. So we just didn't even leave that as an option. <laughs> but uh, we put all four points, three of four points, or a or a split. Get two out of four points. And so it, it's kind of all across the board here. It's a very even amount of votes there, but basically two out of four points. So a split got forty five percent of the vote. So a lot of a lot of our fans are actually and followers. They're kind of like they realize it's going to be tough, and they're just kind of hoping we can get manage two out of four points. We did have some really bold, and confident fans out there say twenty eight percent they want all four points for it to be considered a success. I think that's kind of shooting for the star. That's kind of shooting. <laughs> that's kind of shooting for the fences there, and I respect that confidence. But uh, that would definitely be a success. You're not wrong. Yeah, but, hunger fans and Smashville, man. <laughs> I think I think I, th- I think even like two out of four points, 
you take it and you run. I really feel that way. But hopefully we want more than that, obviously. So we wanted to mention our poll there. Uh, so that's what we got in store. We will break down both of these games in episode 15 next week. But in t- uh, after that, let's get into something really important because if you're on social media a lot today, you see that a, a lot of the big focus is on uh, mental health. And it's a very, uh, very sensitive topic. And it's one that some people get uncomfortable with when they want to talk about it. But it's a very important topic. And it's something that, especially during all the things we've been through this past year, there's a lot of people out there who don't have a voice or they don't want to speak up. And so you're seeing the hashtag uh, Bell's Talk. Bell, let's talk. Hashtag Bell, let's talk. And you're seeing that all over the place. And so for maybe people who've never seen it before, don't understand. It's basically just everyone getting it out there that it's okay to discuss mental health, your mental health problems. It's okay to, uh, to feel vulnerable. Uh, there's people out there who will listen. Uh, and so we definitely wanted to have a uh, part of this episode to talk about that. There's NHL players out there who are uh, getting involved in it as well. So, Colin, uh, do you have a couple uh, things to say about that and kind of what's going on with that today? Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's not healthy. Like you're saying, it's, it's healthy to have that ongoing discussion and check in with your people. Um, you just never know what someone's going through until sometimes you usually have to ask And even then you just gotta be there for everybody. And right now, like I said, times are crazy. There's so much going on in the world. Um, it never hurts to check in on your people. Yeah. I call it five on the five It'll take five minutes um, on the fifth of every month and check in on some, some people, um, you know, usually five different people. So five on the five on the five, but that was suggested to me by one of my friends that works in mental health and counseling and speaks on it nationally. But as far as NHL goes, there's some good things coming out. I know Colin Wilson put out a statement. Colin Wilson has struggled with um, some different mental health challenges that he opened up about recently, which is really important to see these players use their platform and open up. Um, but then one of the very outspoken Pred alumni about mental health and advocacy is Jordan Tutu. Uh, and Jordan Tutu put out a video today I thought was awesome. Um, mm-hmm. That guy's that guy's A1 on my book. I, I love Tutu. I love what he's done even more so after the game than what he did during the game. And he was my favorite player as a kid. But to see what he's done in terms of advocacy and you know, just getting people to talk about you know, what they're going through I think is really important. So I love to see that. love to see the hashtag being used. Mm-hmm. Uh, I encourage people to keep using it. Another one, I don't know if you guys saw it, Connor Ingram actually put out a put out a tweet with the yes, let's talk. I didn't see that. And, and we all know that he just recently entered the player assistance program. And obviously we don't know what's going on with him, but he not only just tweeted the hashtag, like he put a little so, some words in about go get some help if you need it. And that's 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 strong to, to see that from a guy who's obviously going through something right now to to actually put yeah. that out there. So that was good to see. Yeah. Let's wrap up it. So yeah, what kind of yeah, definitely a very important topic, and it's uh, definitely important to know that there are people out there that care about you, and there's just uh, there's a lot of important things out there, uh, and people do people do out there, even if they're strangers, there are people out there that care. So that anyone who is going through something, uh, don't ever feel uh, you know feel afraid to, to to talk to somebody and get some help. But yeah, Connor Ingram uh, at CB Ingram one on Twitter. He basically put out, he said uh, on Twitter, sometimes it takes a breaking point to ask for help. Everyone who's experienced that point will tell you they needed help before it got there. There is no shame in asking for a hand. Hashtag Bell, let's talk. I mean, that's just awesome that he put that out there. Yeah, I, I, I can't like that tweet enough for him putting that out there and having the, because you just never know who might read that and, and feel an impact from that. So awesome by Connor Ingram and all the other celebrities and professional athletes and role models and people out there who have a platform that are making this a priority today. 
uh, you deserve a big round of applause because there's a lot of people out there that's going to help. So uh, awesome. We definitely wanted to uh, talk about that in tonight's episode. So uh, we're going to move on to our last uh, segment of episode 14, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and presented by DraftKings. And we're going to have some fun here, like we always do on this show. And one of the things that's so fun about being a sports fan is the mascots. And there's some very iconic mascots all across sports. You got the Philly Fanatic. Uh, and baseball is kind of one that sticks out for me. I was actually, believe it or not, born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. M- moved here when I was like very, very little. Don't even remember the move. But the Philly Fanatic, I have so many childhood memories of the Philly Fanatic. And I thought that the Philly Fanatic was a real person. I would chase him around uh, the old vet- Veterans Park in Philadelphia where the Phillies used to play. I would chase him around. And I and, and it was just it was like I didn't even know there was a sports game going on. It was all about the mascot. And so mascots are a big deal. So we got into so I what sparked this topic idea for me was I was surfing around Twitter the other day and I saw I saw these mascot wars that are going on between uh, let me pull it up here. But yeah, so the uh, victory, victory green, which is the uh, mascot for the Dallas Stars. And you had, wow, I can't find the tweets now. Stinger. Yeah, Stinger, which is the uh, mascot for the uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. And they got into a little bit of a, I mean, I'm sure it's all fun and games and everything. But they kind of got into this thing about basically, basically Stinger told told the Stars mascot how you don't know what victory feels like and blah, blah, and then – Victory Green came out and, and quoted their record and said, we're 3-0-0, and you guys can't even seem to win even when you get extra time. And so it, it's always fun seeing that stuff with the mascots. Of course, the Preds have the best mascot. You can call me biased all you want, but we have Nash. We have Nash. So we're going to get into discussion. We're going to talk about the goals, uh, the mascots, NHL mascots we love, and we're going to talk about some of the ones that are just cringeworthy and kind of scare us, freak us out, don't really understand it. But we're going to go ahead and, and say this right now. Nash is our number one. He's our GOAT. We're going to talk about all the ones besides Nash. So if Nash is listening tonight, you are still our number one in our hearts. Absolutely. Do not feel yes. do not do not feel worried. We're you are number one in our hearts. These are all the ones that come after you. So don't be worried about that. So, Rich, Rich, yep. give me, let's start with the positive. Give me some of your oh, okay. give, me, give me a mascot or two that you're just like NHL mascot. We were like, I like. I like this one. This one's pretty good. All right. So <clears throat> one that I really like, and the only reason I like, well, it's not the only reason it's cool is the New Jersey devil. One of the reasons okay. is because of the Seinfeld episode where, where they all went to a devil's game and uh, Elaine's boyfriend was, had his Jersey on and his face was painted like a devil. And he gave the priest a heart attack by being on his car going, I'm a devil. I'm a devil. Yeah. So I've always, I always thought that was cool. That's good. I, I gotta say, I love the Jersey, the Jersey Devil for the ESPN ad where Jay Billis was like, "Oh yeah, good point." He was yeah. going up, and the devil, the devil, without saying anything, just shakes his head. No, <laughs> that was classic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's so a good then, reference. I forgot all about that. Yeah. So another one <clears throat> that I like is uh, because he looks like the uh, the polar bear on the Coca Cola commercial is the the Toronto Maple Leafs. He's like a big. A big uh, polar bear, so that's kind of kind of cool. There you go. But the other one, the other one that I really like a lot is the Boston Bruins Blades. He's a big bear. So he looks. Plus, that's a cool like, name. It's kind yeah, of a cool, cool name, name for yeah. a hockey mascot. 
Yeah, and I love I love their jerseys anyway. So he's you know What's the picture up? I'm looking at he's got the black jersey. So <clears throat> we're gonna pull up some of the uh, mascots here. You got them pulled up, Colin? Yeah, it's ready. It's ready to go. We're gonna add to the stream real quick for all of our viewers on a uh, Periscope and on Twitter. We're gonna add kind of a do a little refresher of what some of these mascots look like in the NHL. That's exactly what I'm looking and, at. Uh, yeah, so it, it shows them all there. You might have to zoom in a little bit. But, uh, um, you know, I didn't even know what all the mascots looked like, honestly. Uh, I had to kind of, like, yeah. look myself. I knew some of them, but I didn't know all of them. But, Especially um, Detroit, that well, octopus thing. I never even know they had anything like that. There we that. go. Yeah, that's a little weird. Oh, my it? gosh, that's kind of scary. So oh, we're kind of zooming in here yeah. with all the uh, – kind of zooming in here. This is a good little visual of all the mascots and everything. So let me give one that I really like. I really like the uh, the L.A. Kings mascot. Yeah, that uh, was another one. And he he actually, and I don't know if it's a he or I don't honestly I don't know if it's a he or she. I don't know why I keep saying he. It could very well be a be a could she be. as well. But uh, but uh, you never know who's behind those uh, costumes. By the way, it's another fun thing about mascots. But uh, yeah, the L.A. Kings Bailey the Lion, yeah. uh, which actually got voted the NHL's best mascot by uh, ESPN in 2018. That was actually a really fun article to read by uh, Greg uh, Wyshynski, who does a lot of good work for ESPN's coverage of the NHL. Uh, for all the for all the jokes that people make about ESPN's coverage of the NHL, uh, Greg Wyshynski actually does a really good job. I love following him. So he did it back in 2018, so it's a little outdated. But uh, he had the LA Kings rated as the best mascot. He had Nash ranked second. So I guess we'll take second oh, place good. in that We'll take second place on that one. But um, another one I like, I like uh, the San Jose Sharks uh, mascot, uh, Sharky. Okay. I think he's I – he's, I like sharks too. That's like one of my favorite animals anyway. But, um, yeah, so Sharky, I hate to like anything associated with the sharks, honestly. But um, <laughs> I do like – I do like Sharky. Sharky's pretty cool. Um, a couple mascots that are just cringeworthy, I think me and Rich both agree on uh, Yuppie. Or yuppie, yeah. Out in, is that how you say it, Colin? Is it yuppie? Yuppie, like the uh, it's yuppie, like Upper Peninsula. Oh, gotcha. It's and a so, guy. Uh, uh, Rich, yeah. Rich had some uh, cutting edge analysis on describing yuppie for all of our uh, listeners who aren't yeah. uh, viewing live on the stream here. Uh, describe yuppie for us, Rich. So it looks like a hairy guy with no pants on. Great. That's scary. Very accurate. It, it's very. It's a very awkward and weird looking uh, mascot. So um, yeah, yeah. Yuppie jumps up on me. And then another one that a lot of people talk about. If you look up mascots that are just cringeworthy in the NHL, they bring up Hunter, who is the. Uh, he looks like a wolf, and he's the mascot for the Edmonton Oilers. And basically, they just say he's like very scary to kids. Like it looks like he's gonna like devour somebody like he yeah, just he looks, looks like very he looks he looks very he looks very scary he's a bobcat yeah. so let's break this one down and i'm going to kind of tell us right here a little bit but so you look at howler howler is also he's a he's a coyote hunter's a bobcat similar but the difference is the eyes howler's eyes look like a disney cartoon eyes hunter's mm-hmm, yeah. eyes look like they're you know kind of drugged out and possibly you know wild and insane so yeah definitely want to avoid that guy yeah and then <laughs> and don't, the- and don't you I was just going to say the saber tooth for Buffalo. He kind of looks like if Nash went on a bender for the weekend or something. (laughs) You know what I mean? That's very. I don't know. Yeah. uh, Saber tooth. Saber tooth is Nash. If Nash like 
let himself go for six months. Yeah, so I think so. I think you're right. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so like the 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 cringeworthy ones that uh, a couple that I I saw were, um, so can you scroll down a little bit to the yeah. bottom? Okay, there you go. So you got the 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 killer whale, and then you got what's what's the golden knights? What is that? Is that a snake? Yeah. Okay. And then you have um, Sharky, which, which Chad said he liked. I don't really like anything with legs that's not supposed to have legs. That's fair. It's really strange looking to me. And like that shark is like, he looks a little scary. I like the shark. I like the shark. I like shark. Yeah. I mean, I like their jerseys. I, I really like their jerseys a lot. It's just, I don't know. Things that aren't supposed to have legs just seem strange to me. So you guys want to hear my favorites? We do. Let, let me throw in one more, and then Colin, Colin can Go throw in it. his one more. One more that I'm just like, what were they thinking? Is Mickey Moose of the <laughs> okay. uh, Winnipeg Jets? I mean, I'm sorry. I know you want to make them look cuddly, and you want to be, you want them to look nice for the kids and all that stuff. I get that there's a delicate balance, but Mickey Moose. If you look up some of these pictures, you feel like you're in Disneyland or something. Like, I mean. I, I, I mean, Mickey Moose might be like greeting me when I go into the theme park at Disney World to get on a ride or something. I don't know if he's the best hockey mascot. Like, I, I need a little bit more intimidation than than Mickey Moose. So, Mickey Moose is one that I just I couldn't really figure out there. When, and real quick before Colin gives his favorites, what is the Hurricanes? What is that? Well, that's, a, that's kind of messed up. Um, is it a reindeer? <laughs> no, it's a uh, – let's see. They've got – Cow? Uh, Stormy, Stormy and Harvey. So, or no, it's Stormy. And uh, Stormy is messed up because it's a pig, and they're known for their barbecue in Carolina. <laughs> uh, that's a pig. <laughs> it's supposed. Oh, it's a hog. Sorry, a hog. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. And then Harvey Hurricanes looks like and hogs. a wrestler. Okay. All right. Yeah, Harvey yeah. looks like a wrestler, and you can't even tell that it's for the Flames. No. All right. Except for his hat. So, okay, go ahead. So, call, so for me, on, Colin, give us yours. I'm going to break down my top three here. So I got going from, you know, other than Nash, of course, Nash is a one day one, but my, you know, the third, if it wasn't counting Nash would be wild wing just because of, you know, the kid and me nostalgic for the mighty dunes cartoon or mighty ducks cartoons, you know, wild wing was the guy, uh, you know, he was, he was helping the team out. I just tweeted out uh, to the catfish on ice account, but the one that won my or actually uh, won my respect was Nordy. And it's for what he did in the All-Star game when they started playing Usher's uh, Take Off All Your Clothes, and he went into the party boy routine, ripped off the uniform, and was dancing at a speed <laughs> right. Got to respect that. that. But I got to I got to share a different different screen to show my uh, my uh, second favorite mascot behind Nash. So give me one second here, and let me pull it up. This is a uh, this is a tweet that won my love forever and always from this mascot. So let's see. There we go. Here it is. All right, pull it up for you here. We can't leave this mascot out. We'd, no. we'd be crazy if we let this guy out. Absolutely not. The the the, the just the one sends sleep with one eye open tonight. Bird. Knowing so gritty, it's gritty, uh, gritty, gritty, gritty. Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry. I should have clarified for the listeners. Uh, gritty is is for some he's nightmare fuel for us. For, for me at least, he is. I love him. I love that he hates the the penguins as much as we do, if not more. Uh, the fact that on this is on his first day on the job. Literally, like his second or third tweet, he's already threatening the opposing team's mascot. You love to see it. I, I love it. So I, I gotta give respect to yeah. Gritty. I'm glad he's not in our division, so I can I can still love him from afar. So That's this great. was from this was from Gritty, who is the uh, he was the new mascot of the 
Philadelphia Flyers back in 2018. And of course, one of the reasons why we love Twitter is because of stuff like this. Uh, for all the negative things Twitter can have sometimes, uh, this is this is great A material here. And uh, yeah, put out sleep with one eye, one eye open tonight, uh, bird. And it was tweeted at the Penguins account. Got 10.4 thousand likes. And this is That's from great. September of 2018. 3,060 retweets. Yeah, that was pretty awesome. And, and this was like 20 minutes after it went out. So it, it, it I think now it's up to like 100,000 likes or something crazy. But yeah, okay. All right. I got you. Gritty's yeah. a legend for different reasons. The other day, there was like a female Gritty. Did you see that? What? Yeah. I can't remember Gritty, where I Gritty's saw Gritty's got it, a girlfriend. It said, it said, Gritty's got a hot day tonight. And it was a, it was nice. a Gritty, a female with like a bathing suit on or something. I can't remember <laughs> where I saw it. Look that it up. Is, it was that crazy. Is, that oh, is God. Well, yeah, one, of, one, of my, <laughs> one of my uh, one of my favorite gifs to put out all the time, and we actually tweeted it out for this segment before the show, is the gif of uh, Nash on a car. Because one of the tradi- playoff traditions mm-hmm. that the Predators have is to put an old beat-up car in front of Bridgestone Arena, spray-painted the team that we're playing, and uh, Nash is on top. I think this was, the, in this case, it was the Anaheim Ducks, and it was like a, a beat-up, Spray painted Anaheim Ducks car, and you got Nash just with a sledgehammer. Wish I could have been there to see that live. I was not, but that's my all time favorite GIF to tweet out whenever I'm talking about Nash. So, um, yeah, it's always fun to talk about the goal. Uh, the I keep wanting to say goaltenders, I don't know why. I guess mascots by blocking, uh, blocking pucks would be kind of interesting too, but uh, it's always fun to talk about the mascots, they make the games a lot of fun, and Nash is definitely one of the best out there. So uh, anytime you go to a game at Bridgestone Arena to see a Predators game, be sure you look for Nash. He propels down from the rafters. Yep. Use it. He drives around on a four wheeler on the ice. Yeah. I mean, does all these Got crazy shenanigans. Yep. Does all these crazy shenanigans. Very involved with the kids. You know, he's always like having you know having fun with everyone and just uh, making sure everybody has a good time. So. Uh, Shout out to Nash. Shout out to all the other hardworking people that do the mascot business because you do make sports a lot of fun. And so people. we appreciated we we appreciated doing this segment. People, those are people. what do you mean people? Yeah, they're, they're real not- people. Oh, no. oh okay. yeah, they're yeah. Uh, Rich also. Well, no, we're not going to talk about that because actually we have kids listening. Never mind. Yeah. Don't come back to cool, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, right. we hope all of our, we hope all of our listeners really appreciated our cutting edge analysis of NHL mascots. Uh, I don't think you're going to hear better. I don't think you're going to hear better analysis of NHL mascots anywhere else out there. So um, if you want us to do a baseball mascot analysis in the future, just please send us uh, some personal direct messages, and we might just do that. Maybe I don't know. We might not get any messages at all from anybody. They might be like, "Please never do a segment like that ever again." Yeah. I don't Show know. We'll find. <laughs> we'll find like, out. We'll. F- I like talking about the cringy ones. Those are funny. Yeah, th- those were fun. Yeah, I, yeah. I think UP wins that award for sure. But um, yeah, I don't know. Anyway, so that's gonna wrap up uh, episode fourteen of the Catfish and Ice podcast, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network, and of course, we are presented by DraftKings. Go use that promo code THPN and have some fun with the Super Bowl prediction challenge. You'll have a lot of fun there. 
And until next time, we will see you next week, and we will be reacting to the matchup with the Tampa Bay Lightning. I'm sure a lot of other big topics will come up. There's always a lot that happens between episodes, especially in the life of a Nashville Predators fan. There's always so much that happens. Sometimes you wish you could record every day because so much happens. So uh, we will definitely get, get it all to you in episode 15. But until next time, this is Chad Benton, your host, with Rich Howe and Colin Lewin, and we will see you next time on the Catfish and Ice Podcast. See you. See you.